Hi, welcome to the very first episode of Insert Name Here Podcast. I'm Franklin. On the 2nd of April of 2021, I had the pleasure of interviewing Kareem Nuri. He's a young entrepreneur in D.C. He's such a talented and bright person. He has his design company, and it's called Nuri Designs. We talked about that, we talked about him, and we talked about many other subjects. So please sit down and enjoy. zoom from this end so well thank you for being the very first guest in what i call insert name here so i really appreciate you taking the time to be here and talking with me i am honored to be here and to be here i didn't know it was your first guest i thought i thought i honestly thought you had started this already so that's no i cool. started i started uh uh, like two weeks ago, I was supposed to do something last week, but um, I got sidetracked, so I couldn't. But you know, you're the very first guest, and I was looking at people that I follow, and I'm not saying that the people I follow aren't interesting, right? But they're they're just people that I consider a little bit more interesting than others, you know. You know, putting that out there, and mm. you have your own design company, and I would say you're young. You know, you're a young person in DC that's you know doing a lot of things, and I think that's very interesting and you know so what are you doing kareem youth is in the mind franklin (laughs) (laughs) um i guess my dad would say what am i not doing um so my i i do have a job at a school but um that's not really what we're here to talk about so the two main things i do are nuri designs which is a design company um and then i have a podcast which technically it's in its third season and the seasons are completely random as, as far as when they start and end um it's called it's now called the reek and ream podcast and uh that that came out of just conversations i was having or we were having at the end of the the work day every day and i was just like it might be cool to turn this into a podcast because a lot of times people would stay just to have the conversation and so i, I felt it worthy uh, of at least giving it a go plus i wanted to work on my my public speaking so that's part of the reason why I have a podcast. Um, as far as the designs, that came out of me, it was 20, 2014, I wanna say, yeah, 2014. And I was really frustrated with my job and I've always been very entrepreneurial. Just, you know, I used to rake leaves and, and shovel snow and all that stuff. And I said, let me just sit down and write down all my ideas. And I did, there's about 10 of them. And I looked at the list and I said, okay, well, what, what can I actually start working on now? And that business was this bag that I actually still haven't made yet because I think my skills are just now getting to the point where I can make the, the, the bag in particular. But um, I, felt, I felt like 
making the bag would, would require the least amount of resources. And so I, I just called my oldest sister and I said, Hey, do you have a sewing machine? She said, yeah. I said, well, can I use it? She said, yeah, come get it. And so that was 2014. I made myself like a drawstring backpack um, and was using it. A couple people saw it and asked for one. So I made them for them. Someone else asked me for a backpack, then someone asked me for a duffel bag and so on and so forth. And here we are. Uh, it's kind of wild to say almost, almost seven years later, I think it's, April or May would be about seven years exactly. <clears throat> um, and I've been at it for a while. I've done some photo shoots. I uh, got listed in a, or, or mentioned rather in a, in a article in GQ when I started making masks last year. Um, over the summer, I taught myself how to make uh, repeat patterns so I can mm -hmm. have my own fabric printed and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's really just all around design and all the skills are eventually going to, going to come back and be focused on making this original bag design that I have, which is actually for sneakerheads in reality. So, uh, you know, just uh, going back to the, the podcast, uh, thing that you mentioned, I was, because, you know, I, I well, and you know, not everybody knows. So I, I was there at your job working, I guess, under you for like three months, you know, then COVID happened. Yeah. And, and that was fun. That was enjoyable. I enjoyed the conversations and I knew you had a podcast uh, at that time, but I, I found it, I think. And then, uh, I don't know, like a reconstruction happened over a few months and then I couldn't find you again until maybe about a week ago where I saw the new season with, you know, Reek and Ream. And that's partly why I was like, um, he should come and talk about things that he does because that's interesting. And, you know, about the designs, I have no design skills at all. You know, I can barely write my name down and for it to be legible. So when it comes to drawing and, and making things happen, I'm not the best, but um, one of the, your things that, that Nuri Designs has, it's, it's uh, what is it? Not logo, it says excellence in your bio and yeah. and i don't know i feel like that's a topic that you kind of touch now and again and is it the what, what do you think what do you consider excellence is within your persona and also within the things around you like designs and perhaps your job at yu yang or perhaps uh you know what are all these things that you do so the excellence thing it was um so like I said before, I started making the bags and then, you know, there, there were several hundred dollars and I, I, I don't remember how, but I just kind of had an aware, developed an awareness that there's people who probably wanted to, who wanted to support what I was doing, but weren't necessarily willing or had a desire to, to buy an expensive bag. So I said, okay, what, what could I make that, that I actually, you know, stand behind? Obviously t-shirts are, are super easy for anybody to do. But then, you know, what, what would I put on the shirts that I really believe in? And one of the things that, that my dad, you know, always drilled into all of us was, was excellence. Um, and, and the shortest way I define it is just as, as daily effort and effort in terms of like really doing the best you can with each day or each thing that you do. So, and, 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 and that being, and that being the ultimate measure and not to say that, that you can't improve or a person cannot improve, you know, from each instance of, of whatever they're applying their effort to, but just at any given time, whatever you're doing, just do the best that you can. And then once you're done with it, you can always, always look back 
and say, oh, well, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. And, you know, and making those adjustments. But in the moment, just do the best you can and, and be satisfied with that because that's, that's all you can do. Um, and that's no. what I came out of. And then, and then really the first shirts were, <laughs> were white and had black letters. And so it was a little bit of a uh, symbolic entendre in terms of it literally being, you know, black excellence. And I feel like that's, that's something that's, that's come more to the fore, forefront recently. Um, but at the time it was, it was a novel idea, I'll say. About the definition of ex excellence and, and, you know, just building off that, that, you know, doing what you can and, and be satisfied with that, it, it resonates a lot with, uh, with some, some ideas that I also have about, you know, about things that we can do. And today I took something called the stamp test and I'm not sure if you know no, what that, that is. But you know, just to explain it to anybody that doesn't know what it is, it's the a test that we have to take at my school um, because we learn different languages. So I had to take the stamp and and it measures your proficiency, right? Not the point. But there was a question on that test that I guess to anybody else probably would be a easy question. But I was reading it and it was describe your perfect day or describe a perfect day. What would that look like? Describe it in detail. And I was sitting there trying to rush through the test and just write down as much as I could because I knew I had a lot of prompts. And I sat down there and it probably took me the longest to write. And, you know, um, my math teacher, whom I've had for a bunch of years, like six years, and she'll probably be my math teacher next year. So all of my middle school and high school career would have been, been with her. Wow. But she says something. She says, you know, um, strive for, for perfectness, I guess, or strive for perfection. perfection. Yes. You know, strive for perfection. And, and today I was just thinking about that question and, you know, what does perfect mean? Or, or could you describe a perfect day? Um, not really. Cause I feel like that, that would, that would be different for everybody. Um, but if I was to kind of re, characterize it I would just say a day that that was net positive in terms of uh joy mm -hmm. <laughs> um and I think what brings everybody joy is different uh I do think that for for or rather I know rather for me it's it's accomplishing something you know learning something and having a good time doing it um and I think that if if every, every day that I do that I'm super happy with obviously you know sometimes I might be down to the wire trying to finish a bag to send out and maybe I don't get it done that day. But, you know, if, if, if I did the best I could, then it was, you know, it was the best I could. And, um, and I have to be satisfied with that. And if, you know, like I said, if I have an issue then I gotta, I gotta, I gotta reevaluate and, and adjust and restructure. But like, I don't know, per perfection is, is an interesting thing, right? Because usually when it, when, we look at something and we consider it perfect, it, it almost requires an appreciation of the flaws in the thing at the same time, right? Yeah. Because there, there isn't anything that's just flawless, but when you learn to appreciate the downside of things or, or the negative aspects of things, then, then they kind of they become perfect on their own because like that's, that's how we learn, right? Yeah. And so if we never 
if we never actually went through anything difficult or had any trying times, then we wouldn't have any kind of personality. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. But, the, you know, I was thinking about that. And what I ended up going was, you know, dismissing the question in the, like the first paragraph, I was like, I don't think uh, I can describe in detail a perfect day. But based on my mood right now, because I feel like oh, what I think is perfect now, I definitely didn't think was perfect uh, yesterday, particularly just because today I wanted to do a lot of things. And, and when I started thinking about perfection and, you know, I went down a rabbit hole because it's like, what even is that? And I know we're talking about that, but mm -hmm. it's like, what, is it being satisfied? Is it being, you know, happy? Is it overwhelming? Is it with family, without family? You know, I love my family very much. Yeah. But I was, today, when I was thinking about that, I was like, you know, could I be on a beach somewhere, like on a hammock or something, looking at the waves, uh, not going in the beach, because that's pain. I hate going to the beach and going into the water and trying to get out of there and taking a shower and getting the sand out of places that shouldn't have sand to begin with. So, so be there to look at the look at the beach, but don't don't actually want to travel. Yeah, definitely not. Probably go swim in the pool and look at the beach through a window. <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, I was it changes, I think, for everyone, especially on our moods. And I want so many things. I have so many things mapped out for myself. And I hope that, you know, other people have a lot of things mapped out for themselves too, you know. And, and I'm not saying it's one sole structure for everyone or even myself because, you know, I, I try to take things as they come. But, uh, you know, every day, like you said, is a, is a work so in progress. What did, you end up, what did you end up writing? I ended up writing that I wish, based on my mood, based on the level of stress I felt at that moment, I would rather be somewhere, maybe I would say clandestine or clandestine, I'm not sure, but you know, yeah. to be out of here, out of the, whatever you call an academic spotlight or whatever, you know, have my homework done, be gone, laying on a hammock, being in the sun, I like the sun. Yeah. So pretty much a relaxed day, but you know, there are days where, where I'm at, at home and you can say it's a relaxed day because I don't do anything. And I would much rather be somewhere else putting in some work, some elbow grease into something. Yep. You know, given the circumstances, there isn't much that, that we can do. And, and, you know, talking about circumstances, how do you think that COVID has affected, you know, what you do? Because I know that school was closed for a very long time. And I don't know if you were able to jump into into your um what they were asking of you probably at that time or you know fill your job um i i think i've my experiences i guess all of our experiences have been unique but um i was definitely lucky to be at a place that that values all of their employees as people so the one one commitment that was made very early on was that all of the staff would keep their jobs for all the full-time staff would keep their jobs for the current school year. And they, they, they made this announcement at the end of last school year, um, right after we closed. Um, my contract's a little bit different. I'm, I'm technically admin. So there's still a lot of, you know, paperwork type things that I could, that I could work on, but you know, there, there was, there was way less work to do than there otherwise would be. Cause a lot of my job is managing people and, and students. And if they're not there, then it doesn't matter. Um, 
I mean, the network isn't there. It did allow me to spend more time on everything else, um, primarily design work. Um, and, and that's, that's where the masks came from. And a couple of my friends were asking me to make them and some part of me didn't want to, you know, make, didn't want to start making, try, didn't want to profit off of like everyone else's misery. Yeah. Um, but I kept getting request after request after request. And so I finally, I just started making them and then I, people were just buying them. One person bought like six and they were just, they were going really fast. Um, I posted a couple of pictures of them. And then, like I said, uh, GQ online just made a, a whole list of, of places that were making masks and I was included. I like, I don't know how they found me or who submitted it or what, but it was there. And that definitely drove a good number of sales as well. And so that, that was really, really beneficial. Um, and then that even led to, you know, a couple of, well, definitely one bag sale, maybe a couple others. And so it being home actually benefited my personal business quite a bit. And I'm also, uh, I'm also reclusive. I'm not a huge, like go out and socialize with everybody and party all the time person. I, I like movies and I like adventures and, you know, most of those types of things were not necessarily closed off. Like I could watch, I do like going to the theater, but I could watch movies at home for the most part. Um, and I, I, I really enjoy creating things. And so for me, I just had a lot of time to just create things. Um, I did, I did use the opportunity to step up my, my chef game a little bit. So I was cooking a lot more last summer, you know, trying new recipes and stuff like that. One of the things that was on my bucket list was, uh, baking a cheesecake. So I made a cheesecake towards when did I make the cheesecake? It would have been in the middle of September. Um, it came out real well. Everybody liked it. I liked it. It was like, this is the most important thing. And so, yeah, for, for me, it was really, it allowed me to, to lean into my creativity more and not feel bound by having to be, you know, in someone else's construct for 40 hours. <laughs> That's so, so it worked out for me. But did you not get maybe bored at one point? Nope. You never got <laughs> bored. You never felt like you needed to, to like get back to work or, or see your, you know, the kids or see the, the, the people that you worked with. There are, um, there, there were a couple of kids that, um, that used to come and see me every day. And so, I mean, I definitely miss them. Some of them, um, may have graduated. I think yeah, a couple of them have graduated. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I would not have seen them anyway. Um, but like, as far as working, I mean, all of my, all of my personal creative stuff is in the house. Like I have one of my, well, really like one and a half, I have two bedrooms and one entire one is completely dedicated to all my sewing stuff. There's, there's like four sewing machines in there, a dining room table that I use to cut my fabric on. Um, and then I have, you know, I use the closet in the other bedroom to store, you know, fabrics and things that I've, that I've made. So it's just, so the, the, the other bedroom isn't overwhelmed. Um, and I, I just, I made the most of having the time to create. I mean, there, there, there may have been a couple of windows where I got perhaps a little stir crazy, but it wasn't as if we just weren't allowed to go outside. And so I went outside, I started, you know, I would go for walks. Um, I went to visit my dad a couple of times. So like there, there were, um, there's definitely a lot of restrictions, but I mean, I, I, I almost all the time that I'm not at work, I spend 
creating stuff at home so that it can eventually, so the business can eventually be self-sustaining and be my, my primary source of income. And so I, I, my focus was taking advantage of the time and I, and I enjoy, I very much enjoy creating things. So I didn't, boredom was not, was not really an issue um, for me. You know, about that, I think you're a very genuine person with very genuine goals. And I think it's interesting how you also, because for example, there's, I feel like there's so many, I don't want to say big corporations because that sounds very, I don't know, very daunting, but there's so many different organizations or different people that, you know, enjoy profiting off, you know, misery and, and what's going on in the world. But I think it's, it's, a very like heartwarming to see that you had a, a bit of a moral dilemma when it came to making and selling uh, masks because you know how many people it's crazy to think how many big department stores or or just big yeah. organizations sell two masks for like 15 bucks 30 bucks and and i'm not saying that's not a, a bad price i'm just saying it's like they mass produce these for a way cheaper price than yeah than perhaps like somebody that's local and you know, they're selling it for 30 bucks when it probably took them like two cents to make and, and like a buck to transport one of them individually. And it's, you know, but that's very interesting. And that makes Nuri Designs all much better, right? Because I think what drives you is what drives your business and, and what drives your business makes it very appealing. Um, but, you know, just going on about your business and your podcast, what other things do you feel like drive you other than creativity? Do you have a goal? Do you think that there's a point in your life where you're going to sit down and be like, there I'm it done. is. I'm done. I've done life. Um, the short answer is no. I, I used to, I used to think that there was like a level out there at, at which that would be the case, but it's not, um, because if you, if you look at any anything or everything in nature, everything grows until it can't grow anymore. And once it stops growing, it starts dying. And those are really, really our two choices. Um, and oftentimes, you know, what, what you're able to imagine or conceive as your end point right now will be like, you know, nothing when you actually get there. Do you get what I'm saying? Because, because, you know, everything that you've, you've accomplished up until today is informing what you're able to conceive as far as your future is concerned, which means that once you achieve all the things that, or once you achieve that, that vision that you have now for your future, the vision you have in the future for your future self is going to be radically different from yeah. whoever you become. Um, and it's also, it's also just fun to see what, is actually possible and like what can be achieved and, and, and what we can accomplish. Um, but as, as far as what drives me beside creativity, I've, I've never actually wanted to be employed. I remember having a, a, a bit of a back and forth with my dad when I was younger because he, I never did homework ever. And this was like third grade. He was just frustrated with me. And I said, I don't like school. He was like, well, why? I was like, because it's employee training and I, and I have no plans on being an employee. He just gave me this look. I was just like, I mean, what? We <laughs> <laughs> were just woke Kareem in third grade. I, I, something. Um, and, I, and I very much am an employee now, but I'm, I'm, I'm working towards that not being the case. 
Um, but then also though, part of what drives me is just, I'm the youngest of seven and I feel like it's my responsibility to make sure that I, that I maximize the utility of everything that, that all of my siblings and everyone else has poured into me and all the guidance they've given me over the years. So like, you know, it's, it's almost, I, I guess a crude way of saying it is I feel like I need to pay them back for their contributions with my own success, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's, that's the, the shortest way I can, I can characterize it, but it's not, it's, it's a little bit deeper than that, but that's, that's the easiest way to communicate it. Cause I mean, like I've, I've lived with almost all of my siblings at one point or another, you know, so whether they're taking care of me or just, you know, getting me back on the right track or helping me with this, or like my sister gave me the sewing machine and so on and so forth and, and still, you know, buy shirts and buys masks and is going to buy a bag, you know, or, you know, tells people about the work I'm doing and all this other stuff. And so I feel like they contribute so much. And so I, it's, it's only right for me to make sure that I'm not letting their efforts go in vain. But at the same time, when I do that, then they're like more excited about sharing it. So it's, it really becomes a, a, a feedback loop. And um, that's part of the reason why I, I named Nuri Designs the way that I did, because it is both um, a noun and a verb <laughs> in terms of, you know, it's, it's Nuri because that's our last name and designs is in plural, but designs is also in like, you know, the verb. Yeah. And, and that was very intentional because my, I have two older sisters, the youngest of them um, is a super talented designer. And part of what makes me like, keep trying to make this bigger and bigger is just to show show her that how how it can be done or, or that it that it can be done um because she's not as as intrinsically entrepreneurial as i am and you know as as most true artists are she she tends to to undervalue her her talent and ability and so part of what i try to do through all part of what i try to demonstrate is just that like it's really not that difficult to get your stuff out there it's really a mental thing it's just getting over whatever mental blocks you have and just um like i said before doing the best that you can with what you have and that energy will always come across in whatever your products are and no and no one no one has ever held that against me like even if something was not necessarily you know perfect relative to a chanel bag it's that's never come up just because i know that when i make something for someone i'm always using all of the skills i've learned up until that point so like if i make a new bag for myself and you're like, hey, Kareem, let me buy one of those. Like whatever I identified as, as needing correction on mine, I'm gonna correct on yours, mm -hmm. right? And then whatever I identified, uh, whatever I identify as needing correction on yours, I'm gonna correct for whoever, you know, whoever's after that. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's really what I try to do. And, and like you said, I, I, I believe myself to be a genuine person. So I appreciate you making that observation. And I feel like that that's the energy that I put into the work that I do. And, and that's what gets received when the products are delivered. But I really don't, I really don't have, have those problems. Um, but yeah, it's, it's paying back, <laughs> paying back my family, trying to, trying to employ myself and, and setting a good example. Those, those are the three things that really, that really drive everything that I do. Trying to employ yourself. That's, it's, that's what, I don't know what I want 
Honestly, genuinely, I don't know what I want. I think at one point I did uh, think about that because I saw, uh, you know, I, 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 when I talk to family or whatever, when they ask me if I noticed something, I'm like, of course I've noticed something. I'm like, go fly, you know, I have a hundred eyes. I notice everything that's around me. So one time I was like waiting for the bus or something. I can't remember, but I know I saw a sign and I saw it was like a guy with a hard hat on or something and and you know i'm not dissing employees i'm not dissing construction workers i you know i have family you know i don't know you don't see my face or the people that here just don't see my face i'm hispanic and you know in no way am i am i saying that all hispanic people of course have family that work in construction but you know i kind of fit that category and so i'm not dissing on them either but it's like um i was looking at that sign and it said something about all these benefits and and money per hour and it was making it look so optimistic and 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 we need employees like i literally would not be standing in the building that i'm sat or rather sitting in and speaking in if it wasn't for people that work but it's also it's like false advertisement like you know like tell me about it make it seem so they make it seem like people are going to get rich out of working a nine to five and that's not the case most of the time i remember i had a teacher and she said um, you know, if you want to live fine, if you want to live well, you know, get a salary. If you want to like ride three different type of sports cars or like have a huge mansion, like, you know, find something to do that isn't a nine to five. So that's one of the things that I, I, I struggle with myself being, you know, a junior very soon. I'll be not a junior and be a senior. And, and I think even sooner I'm going to be out of high school and and I'll, I'll be funding for myself in many ways so that's a that's a that's something yeah. to think about that, that's not something i i would i would encourage you to avoid beating yourself up about that i guess is is the best way i can say that because i think that that you know people are like oh what's my passion blah, blah, blah. if you just look back over your life there's probably one or two maybe three things that you've always done like just no, no matter what else is going on you found a way to do that thing and not necessarily that you woke up in the morning and said this is my passion i'm gonna do it it's just something that you've been drawn to mm-hmm. over and over and over and so like in elementary school i was the only kid in the neighborhood who was allowed to cross you know the double yellow lines to go to 7-eleven oh and so God. i used to ride my bike to 7-eleven and get a bunch of candy and sell it to all the kids in the neighborhood like that was that's just who i am and so it, it's it's and so you have to say that that not everybody is an entrepreneur. Like I have a friend who, if, if you give him some tasks, he's going to work. Like he works hard, but he doesn't has, he has no interest in all the extra responsibility and all this other. So he just tell me what you want me to do and I'm going to get it done period. And just pay me, pay me what you owe. <laughs> That's it. He doesn't, he doesn't want to deal with, with, you know, creating a product, having, to manage people, you know, having to develop leadership skills, all other stuff. He doesn't want to do it. And and yeah. I think and I think that's fine. And I do think though, like the current our current zeitgeist, if you will, has a lot of has everyone thinking that they have to be entrepreneurs. You know? Yeah. They don't. And like everybody also doesn't necessarily want to be rich. And I think it's interesting, like sometimes I, I used to feel that way. Like, why? Like, why would you want to be rich? Why? But everyone doesn't have that desire. Not everybody cares about, you know, driving a, a Porsche or having a plane or, you know, going to Fiji every other week. I don't know, just whatever, whatever, whatever people ascribe to, to wealth. 
everybody, not everyone cares. It's, yeah. That's not the priority for everyone. So there are some folks who's like, as long as I can go, like I said earlier, go to work and accomplish something every day or feel accomplished at the end of every day. And I come home with enough money to take care of my family, you know, give them some gifts here and there and, and, you know, provide them a couple of experiences. I'm good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think about a lot because I'm in this point in my life and, and hopefully there are many more points in my life. Um, and it's, it's interesting just because how influenced I, I feel because I do have the pleasure of having a lot of, I've had a lot of good teachers, you know, where I spend most of my day with talking to somebody, not as much now, but before. Um, and I've had so many points of views. And for some reason, when I'm on the bus, all the people that I, you know, the other day I had a very interesting conversation with um, this homeless man. And, and there was a bunch, and there were a lot of peers in that bus. And I'm not sure if anybody who was on that bus is going to remember, but it was very memorable because I was just sitting down. I think I was drinking some coffee or something. And, and he starts talking to me out of nowhere. And, and I've had that quality. I always talk to people. And he told me a few things about his life. And, and I'm not saying that he's an example of what not to do because I definitely don't know what was going on in his life. But um, it's, I just think that talking to people and getting to know people it just provides so much. And sometimes it provides a little too much. <laughs> and and it's like you don't know at what time or at what point things like those start seeping into our own like processes and like thoughts and 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 I just think that there's a lot of influence and and like a lot of people say especially the older generations like, you know they're always talking about how much phone there is or how much screen and how much like sharing of of informations and things and and I think that a, and a lot of the peers of my peers that I've talked to feel somewhat the same way. You know, they don't know what they want. And, uh, but something that I share with the people that I've, I've spoken to, it's, uh, it's find some type of happiness that, that satisf satisfies um, us. And, and I'm not speaking for all of everybody, but at least me, that's what I would like to find at one point. Something that satisfies me. And like you said, what I want now it's probably not what I'm going to want in a distant future because I'm going to be in a different place with different surroundings. But, you know, it's just a you lot of things. Still go after it though. Hmm? You definitely should still go after it. Whatever it is you feel like you want right now, pursue it. And then, you know, along the way you might be like, ah, I mean, I want something a little different and then that's fine. Yeah. That, and, and I've been going into a lot of old Hollywood things and you know what I was noticing about old Hollywood people that are still alive now that are old and that were in old Hollywood were very much middle aged and what I, I guess is considered like Rita Moreno what an interesting person with an interesting life I was seeing a video of hers in the 70s and she was like in her 40s entering her 50s and it's like these people are making their careers in the in their mid 40s and and that's not a problem but uh maybe it's the people that i surround myself with but i think that at, at, at so many times people are sometimes shamed or put down for their age and i'm looking at rita moreno in her 40s nearly 50s 
and and another person like uh um the the actress that passed away she was in her 90s Cecil, i think it was cecily or i feel like i'm getting that name wrong let me look it up she an actress oh, yeah. cecily tyson yeah her she was i saw an interview of hers in the 80s and she was in her 50s like 56 or something and i'm like these people were getting their careers um not made not rita moreno and 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 cecily tyson but it's like there's so much room for improvement over everyone's lives and there's so much space to do things that people want and 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 just the surroundings sometimes make it feel like that isn't a possibility but the more that we see or the more that I understand and read it's you know everything everything is a possibility at any time um as long as you put in the thought process as long as you put in the mentality to do it it's possible 100 percent. I think that that's in what what you're describing is uh is really the reason why I have the kind of perspective and attitude that I have and I'm, I always have you know little sayings and, and little bits of like you know, motivational <laughs> advice to pop out of everywhere all the time is because it is, it is I, life is ultimately a, a matter of perspective, right? And so to your point, and, and this, the same observation was made recently by, by a celebrity, just to like, you know, social media has folks in their twenties feeling like they failed at life because they can't afford, you know, a $20,000 handbag. Right. Like, you know, like when, when in, you know, three, four, not even three or four generations ago, you say three or four decades ago, if you were 22 or something, you might've just started a family and had a kid and that was like, that was it. Yeah. That was fine. Um, and so in the same note though, all of the information that we have access to um, via social media or YouTube or the internet in general also significantly broadens our horizons of what's possible to achieve. Yeah. You know, like if, yeah. if, if you were just living somewhere and like my mom used to teach in uh, in Western mass and one day she did this activity where it was like, you know, what's your dream job? And one of the kids said, Oh, I want to be a manager at McDonald's. And she like, you know, her scalp almost fell off because she didn't understand, but it's, but knowing like, obviously I was younger than her. So I was, you know, I had friends who were all over the place, but it's like in some, in some case, maybe the, the most successful person, is in that kid's life is their uncle who's like i don't know he's on burgers yeah but he but he has a consistent job yeah. and so, so to the kid it's like yeah i want to do just as well as well i want to achieve what my uncle achieved and then, and then go the next step further which is just being the manager mm -hmm. right and if you're the manager at mcdonald's and yeah you'll be able to afford your rent you'll be able to get a car you'll be able to you know pay for food for your family whatever and like to the to that particular kid given their circumstances that's a huge huge jump but then you put a, you know, a cell phone in their hand, they can either spend all day watching, uh, you know, trauma porn <laughs> and, and, and bathing in negative news all the time, or they could learn any and everything that's available on the internet. You yeah. know, like they could become a, a programmer or maybe they decide, oh, I do want to try entrepreneurship. Or maybe they decide they want to, you know, start a podcast and, and just interview random people. Who knows? But like, <laughs> yeah. None of those options are available if you don't have... The information if you don't see it and that's, yeah. and that's i think the 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 internet really it, it's kind of polarizing that way because it's it's either 
extreme positivity and motivation da, 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 or just like look at all the terrible things in the world everyone's gonna die it's like yeah it doesn't it doesn't have to be just one of those two yeah and you're so right it's it feels like that it's so overwhelming uh to to be on the internet because you're either um you're either on you know cancel you know like cancel culture yeah. or you're either looking at people that um seem successful and and you know there's a lot of movies and and articles and and whatnots surrounding that you know what you show to the world or what you see that somebody else is showing isn't always that that um their reality and and sometimes like you said they have people in their 20s feeling like failures because they can't afford like porsche or, or a gucci bag or whatever and and it's it's such a center of negativity and i think it's so overwhelming because when people are being constantly berated with things that they don't have or, or things that they wish they could have or, or, you know, or maybe perhaps somebody makes a mistake at one point and, and they just feel like there's no turning back and the internet doesn't help. Um, and I think that every single person has a, some type of role. And I'm not saying that we have a, that everything is written in stone, but if we do get into time travel ideas, um, I do think things are written in stone because otherwise time, time travel wouldn't be possible because if I'm here now and I go back into the back in time to like, I don't know, 1980 or something. Yeah. When I'm there, it's the present and they haven't made their future decisions yet. So if it wasn't written on stone somewhere, I wouldn't have been able to go back. You know, that's a, another. Yeah, there's up. actually, um, there's a game called quantum break. And then also that movie tenant, they both deal with, with time travel in that same way. And that eventually that basically by traveling, by using time travel, you just create loops that always get reenacted. And so like, to your point, even if you go back in time to see yourself, you, you're still just like, you go back in time to see yourself or, or, or maybe not to see yourself, but there's some piece of information that you needed, needed to know as, as a five-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. And so instead of scaring yourself as your older self, you just put a note somewhere. So your whole life, you're like, man, I remember when I was five and I was in the, in the backyard and then I just, or, or I was playing outside and there's this random note that popped up and it said such and such. And then, and then when you get older and become the time traveler, then you realize that you were the one who went back in time and put that note there, right? So then right. that just becomes like an infinite loop. And so once the thing is done, it's just, it's just, it's always, it's always done. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's always happening at the same time. And that's why I, I think about that a lot. And I don't understand why it's when my brain has nowhere else to go. I think about the logistics of time traveling because it means that I've already done what I'm going to do in the future. I just don't know what I'm doing, but it's done. Um, and you know, time is weird, but we were talking about negativity and, and, and like social media. And it's a topic that everybody talks about and it's, I think it's overwhelming. And I think that you either let it overwhelm you or, or you realize how you can use it to your benefit somehow. Mm -hmm. And, and whatever benefit means to you is, is different, right? Because I enjoy social media mm -hmm. as past time, like to pass the time and, and to really just uh, when I don't have anything to do, which is, probably something that not a lot of people I'm have I'm on, I'm on it too much <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah actually same especially now because I don't go out I, I mean I go outside I, I like outside 
Um, but when I don't have time to oh. to like just get up, I go, I'm on the phone. I just I just remember I because I had a really good point. And I forgot when I was talking about the time travel thing. So like I remember one of um it might have been it might have been my sister who was who was lamenting being like you know too old to follow her dreams or whatever. I was like that's nonsense. But um if if you do it's probably not gonna you're not gonna be able to appreciate this until I don't know, probably for another 10 years at least, but when you, when it clicks, it'll make perfect sense. So say say you take someone who's 30, right? Mm-hmm. Like how how are your grandparents still alive? Um three of them are, yeah. Oh, nice. How how old are they? The the I I feel like I wanna say the oldest is in her you know, I'm gonna say octogenarian just because she has this uh rule that she once told me. Um, I told her my age on like, cause my birthday is January 5th and her birthday is January um, 31st, I think yeah. the 30th or 31st. So I called her and she's in El Salvador and I was like, happy birthday. I was like, I'm turning 17. And she was like, Oh, she was like, well, it's okay that you told me because I'm family, but you shouldn't tell strangers how old you are. And, and it's, 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 I understand now in this day and age, because you know, information and your age and all that. Yeah. But I think about it. My grandmother is, very much an octogenarian or at least this grandmother she's an octogenarian and and she comes from a place in El Salvador that you know I've I've visited and you know technology and that type of information wasn't valued as much when she was growing up so I'm like I I wonder why she told me this um why that might be a a lady thing but you should ask her yeah I probably will (laughs) But here's 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 the the math that I gave that I gave my sister right. So say say you're you're thirty. My our 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 oldest grandparent lived to be a hundred. He was just shy of a hundred. If you if you count gestation, he was over a hundred. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Was, he was a, he was a month shy of his hundredth birthday. Oof. So he's a hundred. Um. So say at at thirty, right? At thirty years old, you know how much of that person's life it was really based on their own decisions at 30 years old you know what maybe six years i i swear to god because i've thought about that too much i you know just to add to this point it's like i'm thinking it's like zero through 18 you're really just being pushed around where you need to go and then 18 through through maybe 22 or 23 or something you're you're not being pushed around yourself because you know you're an adult but wow you know peer pressure and pressure from you know to do certain things i guess is what motivates a lot of people when they're relatively young so so let's say at 30 um for you said you said six years yeah so for the, for the sake of round numbers let's let's just say let's round it up to 10 mm-hmm. okay usually by 30 uh, by 30 most people have accomplished something, right? But even if they have accomplished nothing, right? Out of those 30 years, let's say roughly a third of the results they got were based entirely on their own decisions, okay? Mm-hmm. 10 years is an extraordinarily long and short amount of time at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll, you'll, you'll understand once you get to like 30. But the point I'm making is that at, at 30, even if you're generous, super generous and give yourself or rather not generous it would be the other way around super critical of yourself and say that you had 10 years of your own decision making at that point right mm-hmm. if you live for another 60 years 
that means you have have at least another six lifetimes worth of decisions to make. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like you're basically, you know, forced at least through high school, unless you're just a total, you know, uh, firebrand and, and run away from everything. Yeah. Um, and so let's say you get out of 18, whatever. So from 20 to 30, you're making kind of your own decisions and cool. You, you land at 30, you may or may not like what you got, but like at 30, you're still going to have all the wisdom that you acquired, or at least if you, if you choose to pull the wisdom from your experiences, you'll, you'll have that. And then that next 10 years, you can do something radically different. And if that doesn't work, the next 10 years, you can do something radically different. And if that doesn't work, the next 10 years, you can do something radically different. And if that doesn't work, you know, yeah. <laughs> at, at, by our, our late 20s and our, and our 30s, we've only actually, we're only dealing with the results of, like you said, six to 10 years of our own decision-making. Yeah. That's it. That, that's it. And it's, it's, and, you know, just to prove your point and to go there, it's, for example, I have, I've been very close to my aunts and, you know, they're, I would say, middle age. Don't tell them that I told you or anybody else. <laughs> um, but a lot of them are like, and, and if they were here now, I would tell them in person in their faces, you know, they're a lot of, you know, they're working, they're making it through life. And, I'm, and I very much enjoy them. I talk to them almost every day. But, you know, sometimes they make uh, these little jokes and, you know, and I, and I play along with them. It's like, you know, about kicking the bucket or something. And, you know, that, yeah, I get it. But it's like, they're young still because so many old people that are, and when I mean old, old, I mean like, you know, 80s, 90s, not even because you see people like Rita Moreno or Jane Fonda or, or the other, or Frankie, what's her name? Lily Tomlin. These are women who are in their 80s who are still very much acting and I would say in the spotlight. And, and not only acting, but active. Yeah, they're active. And it's like, it's like, wow, these people are in places that, um, that a lot of people would want to be, but so many other people that aren't them that are around their age probably have types of thoughts like to be 40 again or, or to be 50 again, which I would say to me right now, it, it isn't daunting to be 40 or 50, but it's like, you know, 40 and 50, that's a good amount of time to be. And, and when you're like 80 and want to be 40 again, I feel like that puts things into perspective. It's like, is 40 old and should people who are, you know, middle-aged um, feel that pressure, you know, to, to do things or accomplish things in, in the same way that, um, you know, that even younger people should feel. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's like... Yeah, it's, it's, I, a, it's yeah. a matter of perspective. Um, yeah. That reminded me of, uh, I don't know who said it first, but, you know, at, at any given moment, you are the oldest you have ever been and the youngest you will ever be. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I could sit here and say, oh man, I wish, you know, that, you know, 10 years ago, I knew what I knew now. But then the question is always, then am I making my decisions based on the new information that I wish I had back then? And that's really what it boils down to. So whatever, whatever decisions you wish you would have made before, start making those types of decisions now yeah, and, and things exactly. change radically. Um, I went through that with uh, the, the kind of with my bags 
all through high school, I was making music and, you know, recording people and making beats and stuff like that. And I told my mom once, if I, if I knew the things I was learning from making the bags, I said, if I had known them when I was making music, I never would have went to college. They, mm -hmm. they would not have been able to make me do it. And she's like, what are you talking about? Because back then, you know, I, I've lost multiple hard drives full of music that no one's ever heard. Because um, that's all I, all I did was like, you know, I'd come home, put my headphones on and just, you know, go mm -hmm. at it. And I was, I was so concerned with my opinion of my work that I never put it out in the world for people to see, you know, or when people offer me money for stuff, it was like, there was no price was ever like high enough. So, so someone might offer me $10 for a beat or something or $20. And I'd be like, no, it has to be like a hundred, 200 for what? No one knows who I am. Right. Whereas with the bags, everything that I've made has basically been photographed and put on the internet. Right. So, yeah. so the whole progression is available for anybody to see. And if I, if I had taken that same approach with the music, I probably never would have landed on making bags. Yeah. Right. And so I could say, Oh, well, I wish I had done this or not. No, the music is done. <laughs> now I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm doing this intentionally and deliberately with my bags. And so I don't know, I, I am on video, the, that little yellow stripe right there. Mm -hmm. That's only been up there about a month. It's a, it's a rack that I mounted to the ceiling and it has three different rolls of paper to use as photo backdrops. So like on my page, when you see the, the yellow backgrounds and stuff, that's me taking pictures in the house with my phone. And I think that's the other people, other thing that people miss. I mean, I have lights, but I bought the lights four years ago. No, in 2018, when I did the, um, the, the photo shoot with all, with all the, the, the models and stuff like that. But I said to say a lot of times, instead of, looking around and seeing how far we can get towards our goal with the things that we already have, we focus and lament the things that we wish we had to get us to our goal. And I, it's always such an interesting thing to hear when people bring that up, because if you, if you did not have, or were not around things that could move you towards your goal, you wouldn't even be able to conceive that goal in the first place. Yeah. So like, something if, if you can see yourself doing something either somebody you know or some tools that you have or whatever can lend themselves to that so like once you you know bring out everything you can from whatever you have everything you need shows up well I, rather my experience has been whenever i've maximized the utility of the things that i have in my immediate vicinity everything that i need beyond that always shows up right when it's needed but it's like am i honoring the things that i have yeah that's whether it be my gifts my talents my actual tools resources all that yeah it makes that makes a lot of sense and it, it makes a lot of sense particularly because of what you said when you were making um music and now you're making bags and one of the things that i notice sometimes um, messes with people is is just not being able to move on because you know I like thinking about things that I've done and I appreciate you telling the story about you know something that happened in your life and and it's something that you know like language is made it happened in the past tense and it's something that that we can't change and sometimes people get stuck in this idea of what could have happened or 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 how could I have done that better like coming back to the story with the old with the homeless man on the bus he will i don't know i'm not gonna i don't even remember his name or how old he was but he told me that in the 80s on a building 
on the corner of um, Irving and 16th Street in DC. He, he was working, transporting some materials, construction, because they were remodeling the building. And, and he tells me, and he looks at me, and, and it was very, it was saddening to see his look on his face. And it's one of those things that I don't want to have when I'm his age or, or when I'm even older, because he, I would say he's, um, you know, relatively young to somebody that's 80. And he was like, I, I, I had a lot of good jobs, but I, I made some decisions that um, have led me to where I am now. And, and, you know, and he was living off in like in a tent community somewhere downtown, he kind of described to me. And he was going up that morning to, to Montgomery County to, for a church where they were like offering meals, hot meals for, for certain like handiwork. And that's what he was doing. So I'm like, and it's not, not dissing him, not shaming him because I don't know him. I haven't been him. Yeah. And, and so I don't know what has happened in his life to lead him there. But it's like, um, he, you know, he's somebody that's making the best out of it. I, I can say, as far as I was concerned, he was, you know, looking for somewhere to go. He was telling me about some opportunities yeah. that were presenting to himself. And, you know, at his age, um, a lot of people probably would be a little bit more, um, wouldn't be as motivated as him. And going back to this perspective, and it's just, you know, striving, like you say, for excellence at, at whatever, and that's relative. And I don't think there's one set form or to be excellent or to to have some type of you know excellence in your life right. and I think that he was a perfect example of that and and you know I think that everybody we meet and you know just this conversation to me has been very informative because I like hearing you and I like hearing people and I really like talking so I like people hearing me a little bit too <laughs> uh, so you know it's just a lot of things. And I think that of what we talked about, if I had to put it in bullet points, I could say it boils down to, to perspective and, and just realizing things that, you know, whatever we have done, you know, can't be changed and coming to terms with that and really being able to apply whatever we did learn as an outcome to, to whatever we're doing now and whatever may offer itself in the future. And, you know, just very interesting how much can be said and done. Yeah, for sure. I think I think that's a that is a that is an excellent synopsis. Yeah. Well then, with that said, I really do appreciate you coming onto the onto my very first podcast episode. For sure, I appreciate you thinking of me. I'm I'm honored to be the first guest. You know, it's very great to have you here the very first time, the very first person, because your podcast is also something. Um, you know, right after I got into, which I think I explained in like the trade or whatever I named it, was like, I, I needed something to do. I needed an outlet. So I was getting into Johnny Carson and, you know, all, a lot of old people are like, you know what, late, late night hasn't been the same since Johnny Carson left. And I'm like, right. And now I see Jimmy Fallon and I've never liked Jimmy Fallon just because of his laugh. Cause I don't think he, he laughs genuinely. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But um, I was like, you know what? I like him talking to all of these people and that's fun. That's, I like talking to people. So, you know, well then you might've found your calling my guy. Oh, maybe we never know, but you know, 
we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. You know, there's so many options and possibilities open. So sure. we'll have to figure it out. So thank you. Thank you.